Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Comsi, the place for everything related to Amazon FBA private label and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. Today we bring you another special guest. His name is David Ezra, and he's the founder and CEO of Epsilon Safety and Consulting. So basically they specialize on everything that has to do with a quality control. Uh, for product and testing and that's why I think he's going to be the perfect guest for today's topic which is basically to talk about how to deal and prepare everything that has to do with the safety and quality requirements to sell products on Amazon so without any further uh, delay David let me welcome you to the show it's a pleasure to have you here today how are you doing very good thank you so much for having me on Vincenzo um, it's I a really pleasure appreciate that yeah, it's a pleasure. I mean, I have seen everything. I follow your work for for a long time now. Everything that you put out there, you're very vocal or everything that has to do with the safety and quality control in, in the Amazon space. And I think that's such an interesting topic. And I, I feel it's such a niche thing that a lot of people sometimes don't know how to even find information around that. And I think it's super valuable to have you on our podcast so we can touch on this and add as much value to our audience, to be honest. Yeah. Sure, looking forward. Great. So let's start uh, with you, David. I mean, I usually like to give a few minutes to my guests to just give us a bit of background how you jump into this specific space in terms of safety and quality consulting, and then how you actually combine your long time experience with Amazon. So tell us a, a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm a chemist, and I and I spent many years different kinds of laboratories. I tested. You know, if you're in a plastic fa factory, I tested their 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 uh, products, and I've been in consumer products for about 12 years. Um, and we test we test all kinds of you know all kinds of consumer products, toys and clothing and and uh, and shoes and cosmetics and a, a very lar a larger list than I can list here. Um, but um, uh, part of part of Part of running tests and also part of running laboratories in general, there's a quality system, um, which is a which is an ISO standard that labs have to follow, and there's and there's a lot of testing standards. Testing standards, by their nature, are very detailed. They're full of jargon, and um, and so I had to learn how to. It's not the English we speak. Um, yeah. <laughs> or any la whatever language you speak, the test standards are not written and you're really in your language, even if they are. It's there's so much jargon in there and they have such complicated ways of saying something. Like if I would say, take this stapler and put it down on the desk, that's how I, that's how we would say that. Yeah. yeah. It, that would be like five steps in a testing standard <laughs> and you wouldn't know what any of them said. Um, so, I had to I had to figure out all that you know. Oh, when you say this, 
it means that. And that's, um, that's just the jargon way to say it. And then I also dealt with all kinds of people um, in the, when I was working in the plastic, when I was working in a plastics lab. So we had a factory and the factory people had their understanding of what we did in the lab. And, and I would advise them how to, how to adjust their plastic so it would meet requirements. Um, we had the salespeople who had their own understanding. We had the, the, we had the, uh, the, the people who did the shipping and just, and, you know, just did all the, all the uh, more clerical work. They had a totally different understanding and, and I had to talk or sometimes the salesman, uh, sometimes the customer themselves. And I had, and I learned how to understand how they understood it and talk mm -hmm. to them, you know, in their language. So That's all right. of these things help me understand, you know, there's a hundred ways to look at them, to look <laughs> at something and, and, and which is the way you're looking at it. So when I got into consumer products and, and then uh, maybe four or five years ago, I don't know exactly, we started getting more and more Amazon customers. Um, and I started seeing what Amazon's asking. I learned how to, I took that skill and I learned how to, understand what is that guy at Amazon thinking? How does he, how does he view that? What is he looking for? And, um, and it, you know, it's now I just do, I just do it by, you know, without, without, without having to think too hard, but, you know, it took a little while to figure out how he would, how he would think about it. Um, yes. He has his own set of ex life experiences and, you know, and based on that, based on that, that's how he's looking at it. And then, of course, I have to know all the jargon and all the test report mm. and all the test standards. Yes, yes, I, I totally agree. I think, I mean, first of all, that journey is amazing. I think the value you're bringing specific to the Amazon community, that's great because I feel like when this whole uh, issue started in the Amazon space uh, at the beginning, you know, Amazon were asking pretty much for nothing, but they start adding all these requirements in terms of testing, safety documentation, all of that. I mean, right. most people was feeling so lost because some of this wording is like you have never read a sentence in that way and you don't know what you need to do and you're scared, your listening is down, your account is suspended. So I, I think that, that um, I'm mentioning this is going to allow us to start jumping so, on some of the, um, the things that I've seen lately in the Amazon space, which is I know some people that they definitely do the testing, they definitely have all the safety documentation but Amazon just won't accept it. Like you send it, they don't care. They say it's not right. So I would like to 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 hear your take in this and how usually you have help your clients to to navigate these massive issues and that we see in the Amazon space. Yeah. Right. So so usually it's one of three things or a combination of all three three things. Um, a lot of times, surprisingly, the laboratories um, which are typically accredited um and you know appropriate for this testing a lot of times they just don't do everything and i i can't tell you why i've had to even mm. argue with them to convince them at times <laughs> not my laboratory but um yeah. but other people's laboratories had to argue with them to convince them no this is wrong you left out this you left out that you can't do that and mm. um i i don't i cannot explain why a lab would you know go to all that trouble to test everything charge you all that money and then leave out. And sometimes they'll even say straight out, we did not test subsection <laughs> 4.12 or 4.25. And I was like, you got to say it. Like maybe no one will notice. 
No, but they yes. got to say it. And so, um, and then of course Amazon notices because they, I mean, you can't not notice it. And yes. um, that that's one thing that goes goes wrong. You just didn't test it properly. Um, there are other things. It's Amazon likes. You have to understand um, the the many of the top people at Amazon are real experts in their field at you know in in the safety um, department, and but not everybody you know, has years of experience. Some people have, um, I mean, there's so many, there's so many people they, they need to have to, to do all this. I heard yes. there's 2000 new sellers a day, um, which I, I can't even fathom, but, um, <laughs> but, but like someone has to go through all this stuff. So they have a combination of robots who pick out keywords and things like that. And then they have people who are at various levels of training. Some are very good and some are very new at this. They, yes. they like things to be really clear and mm -hmm. we get what's called really clear. Well, that's, that gets into getting inside their head and seeing how they see it. But um, if, if it's not written very clear, they just, they just don't, they don't know it's there. So it's it's sort of like an, an extra Amazon requirement, but it's not really intended that way. It's just we don't know if you're meeting the requirements because we don't see it clearly yet. So it, it, everything has to be written in a way that people can under that 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 the that whoever you get at Amazon will understand it. And everyone's different. In fact, when I mentioned you know the salesman, the the production, the the uh, customer service people. Um, the customers within each group, they understand things differently. Some have a, a, a deeper understanding. Some have a, you know, very peripheral understanding. Um, some people yeah. just want to know it's good or it's not good. That's they, they, they can't handle any more detail than that. Um, yes, for sure. I know <laughs> you have to be prepared for all those people. So, yes. um, so, and, and then the third thing is sometimes it's just, the, you know, the robot lost his mind. Um, mm. you know, the Amazon robot is, you know, it's just totally out of line. Um, yeah. I see that less and less though. And they, they do try to stop that when it happens, but that I think they're forced to use robots just because the, the sheer volume. volume, it's just, it's unbelievable how many sellers there are, how many products there, there are. And, you know, it, it, it's a, it is a, um, you know, it's an enormous task to, yes. uh, to you know, to monitor everything. Yes, for sure. And, and, and I think you touch on something uh, very interesting, which is, um, I mean, just be clear on when opening a case. I think a lot of people, what they do is just opening a case, just attach the files and say, hello, here are the testing by, and that's it. And then don't elaborate. And I think if you start into that loop, which is basically just going back and forth with the same uh, responses and they just reply with SOPs, basically right. get nowhere right which is an infinite cycle now um i think another important thing that i would like to bring to the table is the basically the this uh, these reports that people need to have in terms of testing and safety right because the reality is some people sometimes when they're starting to sell on amazon they don't know where to start in terms of finding out what is the compliance around a product right, right. so what is usually your advice in terms of somebody's getting started to understand what kind of testing they should have in hand and what kind of also safety requirements? Because the last thing that you want to happen is that you do an amazing run on your business, sales are booming, everything, and then you get this suppression, you have nothing in your hands, 
and we know right. testing takes time and that's it you're done so how you can make sure you have all that in hand so that doesn't happen yeah so well first a lot of people just their factory says oh we did the testing um if if you want to rely on that i mean the first thing you should do is say okay please send it to me mm -hmm. um because they say they have testing you know i once got it was a it was a doll and they, they, the, the doll company said, um, it was a small doll company, but they said mm -hmm. the factory says they have testing. I said, send it to me. Let me yeah. look at it. And it was a, it was a testing on a blob of plastic. I mean, I don't know if the doll was made out of that kind of plastic or not, but there was no doll there. And, yeah. and it was just a blob of plastic and they did some testing on it. I mean, that no one's going to accept that. That that's just like, you know, it, it has to look like your product um, to, to be accepted. And, and um, I, I'm happy to look at anyone's test reports. And I'll give you an honest, an honest answer. This is good or this is not, you know, this is not good. Um, a lot of factories will say, well, we tested it for Europe. Europe is harder than the United States. Um, so if it's good for Europe, it's got to be good for the United States. Mm. Um, that's not true. Um, yeah. In some areas, Europe's tougher than the United States. In other areas, the United States is tougher. Um, in Canada and the United States, the same thing. I have a customer, he he passed for the United States for a few products, but he failed a Canadian mm -hmm. flammability test. They have a different I flammability see. test than we have. Um, I and, and I have a different customer, he failed in the United States and he passed in Canada. And, <laughs> And, and it's like, yeah. I don't know, I feel uncomfortable. It's like, I, it doesn't, it doesn't feel safe to me when someone's failing, but Hey, that's the rules in that country. Um, and in that country you passed and, uh, yes. and, and there, and, 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 and in Europe, United States, the same thing you, there is, it has to be specific to the country you need to sell in, or, or if you're selling in multiple countries, it has to be specific mm. to all the countries. That's very um, interesting. So that, that ideally means, sorry for interrupting you, that sure. if you are selling multiple countries, you may have to need to have different iterations of the product to make sure it, it fits all the criteria. Because if you're not passing, it means that version of the product is not going to pass regardless of what you do. So that means you need a different version for Canada, Europe, and so on, right? Yeah, but well, you can usually have one version that works for everyone. But I mean, if, if you've already made a truckload of it or a container load of it and it mm. doesn't, you know, and it doesn't pass in Canada, um, but it passes in the United States, well, just don't sell it in Canada. But mm. next time you make it, you know, we can usually guide you uh, what, what you need to do different so mm. that it will be good for Canada. Now, a lot of a lot of things that fail um, are labeling problems. I see. And, Labeling is the easiest thing to fix because usually yeah. you can, I mean, it's not cheap. Um, yeah. <laughs> you already made them and you didn't label them properly. You know, you have to print stickers with the additional label stuff um, mm -hmm. and slap them on every single box. Um, but, but it's doable. It's easy. It's still better than, well, I have to pull off this component that has a failed chemical, you know, has a, a chemical hazard in it. I, you can't do that. That, that just you, you just have to throw them out or or figure out something. It's you. 
usually not an option if you've already print if you already made something and there's a component that has too much of a certain chemical that's not easy not yeah. easily um uh, fixed but to put a label on something you could do that um it cuts your margins but you know it's not a total loss and you could still make money on it but um we so we we would advise you and any lab should advise you you know what what labeling what labeling corrections you need to make um okay but but I wouldn't say you need to have a separate version, just you need to have all the testing. Another thing about this is um, a lot of testing is somewhat overlapped. And if the lab knows mm. in advance that you need um, that you need to test for U.S., Canada and let's say Europe, mm-hmm. Australia, New Zealand. And um, and if they know that in advance, they can they can design the testing where okay we're going to test uh for europe in this on this test and then then that will include everything for us canada and australia if you know for the other test we're going to do it like the us and then that'll be good you know for this third test we'll just do it in a way that it's good for everybody and and it'll save you a ton of money if they don't know that in advance though you know then then they have to do the whole test over again wow yeah and if it's a chemical test you know, you could have 25 components, so they may have mm-hmm. to do it 25 times over again. But yeah. if, if they know in advance, they, you know, so it's, it's always cheaper to test for any country you plan on selling to in the next year, at least, um, all at once. Um, yeah. It'll cost you a little bit more, usually 10, 15% more, but than just testing for one country. But if you had to do it over again, it'll cost you, you know, may cost you double. Okay. Okay. Like that's that's very interesting. Now, um, another question um, that just came to my mind is regarding when somebody's starting to think to bring a new product to market. Sometimes, if you're selling something that has a lot of materials, and depending on the category, I mean, there are so many tests that you might have to take in terms to make it compliant and have all the safety requirements. So. What is usually your advice for those people that, to find out what are those? I mean, the best route is usually to work with uh, agencies like yours that you know you help with the process. Because in reality, we just talked about this just in the previous point. Suppliers sometimes they are not honest. They're gonna tell you you don't need uh, the certification, you don't need this and that. But is there any any portal or any any way people can have at least a basic understanding or at least using common sense to know you know what I should do testing for these products? or not, if, if you see what I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you if you're working with a factory for a while and they have you have been testing products that they make and they're always passing, I mean, that gives you a, that gives mm-hmm. you a certain confidence that, the, that they're using, you know, that they're careful, that their equipment's clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how prevalent this is, this is still, but it used to be, guys used to tell me that, um, customers would tell me that, when they would buy it, when they would work with a uh, work with a factory, uh, I haven't heard this in the United States, but factories in other in other countries, um, on some occasions the factory would say, "Well, do you want clean product, or if you know, I can <laughs> save twenty five cents per piece if you if you don't mind having uh, lead and cadmium in it." Wow, um, yeah. and some people yeah. save the money. Or they thought yeah. they're saving money. They may they may pay out three times as much money. Um, mm-hmm. Something happens, um, but but uh, well, any factory that'll do that, they also will 
may have equipment that they, you, you, they're running clean, clean uh, materials this time, if they're honest altogether. Yes. Um, but the equipment may be dirty, you know, cause they just ran the stuff with all the lead in it. So yes. as they, as it runs through, you know, factory equipment's hot. Um, as it runs through the lead from the last, from the last run, will will wash off you know wash into your product and it's not so clean and you know it's just the fact that they offer that itself creates a problem that means yes, sure. they have dirty equipment um and and is yours always going to be cleaned out it's very hard I, I worked in the plastic industry and um molding molding equipment it's very hard to get everything out of it um yeah for if, sure. if you run if you ever run a natural color after you ran any kind of color before that, a, a, a red or a black, yeah. or, it'll run real clean. And then all of a sudden you'll see like a one little spot. Of red. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that's well, it. <laughs> if it's red, you won't see it, but it'll be there too. Um, mm, I see. What so you, so you, if you can trust your factory, that's going to make it, you know, that's much easier. Sometimes if it's a new factory, it may be worth it at least to pick a few, a few, a few things. Mm-hmm. To spend it for for maybe one or two quick tests, things that are, you know, ultimately you do have to test it at the end on the final product. Um, yeah. So you're not gonna you're not gonna you know whatever you spend before production, you're gonna have to do that over. You know, so that's sort of a business decision. How um, if, is it worth it or not? But usually we can figure out a way to do that inexpensively. Um, Good. Okay, that's that's very nice. So now, now that you keep mentioning the, I mean that we keep mentioning the testing and, and safety and everything in terms of requirements, I bet that you have also seen the issue that your listing gets suppressed or your account, but they don't give you very clear guidelines. So what is the reasoning behind? They are not very clear. They just say this product is prohibited from selling, or you are not allowed to sell this product, and it's sometimes difficult. To really find out what is wrong with your listing, so on on, on those scenarios, uh, what is some advice or some or some light you can give in terms of this is what you should you should do in that situation to start doing some backtracking of things that may have happened in your account that led you to that su- suspension of the listing and all that. Well, I I just well it is it it will it really depends on who's handling you within Amazon what how well they communicate. Sometimes they'll tell you a few things that may be jargon and hard to understand, but at least you know what it's, you know, at least it says something. Um, sometimes they just say, here, click on this. And that's, and there's a page of I know 500 items and all the different specifications for each one it's of them. It's a mess. I know. It's like, I don't even know where to start. And, and you really don't know where to start there. Um, you, you might want to just contact somebody who can help sort through because, you know, I, I will usually know what's supposed to, you know, what should be the problem. In fact, I often will tell customers, even when they, when they, um, when Amazon will send them a letter and it'll, it'll list two things that are wrong. I'll say, listen, there's four things wrong. And Amazon only noticed two of them. Um, you know, you know, for sure you got to do what Amazon said, but you're, you're really in violation of the regulations Mm. and you should fix them at least, at least fix them on your next run. Um, so that next time someone asks, everything's in order. Um, but, um, it, that, that's a difficult one. One thing to look for is, um, if you're able to figure, if you're able to see what the, um, 
you know, if, if you, if you're selling in one country, for example, and your test reports are for a different country, mm-hmm. that's a likely problem. Um, if you ever say anything um, that this is antimicrobial mm-hmm. or, or uh, anti-mold, mold resistant, um, that's a claim. Um, I haven't clarified if it's really wrong to say that, but nobody lets, no, no, um, no portals, you know, Amazon, Walmart, not, nobody's going to let you say that if they notice it. Yes. Um, and, and, and just don't, unless, unless you have like a pesticide license, um, you know, and, and, and I don't know if you really want to sell your, your shoes as a pesticide. <laughs> yeah. It's better in the shoe department, but, um, for sure. <laughs> if you say any of that kind of stuff, um, I, I just had a guy, he swore to me that there's nothing in the listing that says, says any of this stuff. Yeah. And, um, and it said right there, antimicrobial. And, and that's why it was pulled. And, I uh, and, and I, and I, uh, and I was, and then, and then they told me, you know, from, from the, uh, the portal. Yeah. It says antimicrobial. I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. he could have just not said that. And he would have never had the problem, but he was, he was sure it doesn't say it anywhere. Yes. Like, Look at your listing again and see if it says that, because mm. that just may be your problem. Um, we had another guy. If you have, if you sell dietary supplements, you have to be careful how you say it. Yes. Um, if you it's say you, mm. this is going to cure cancer. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> you have to prove that it cures cancer, and you know, yeah. the pharmaceutical companies spend years proving um, that something cures anything before they can ever mm. make a claim. And, um, and, you know, if you're not up to doing that, um, don't, don't say it. Now there are ways to say it. And, um, yeah. there are, there are ways to say things in the gray area, basically, but yeah, yeah exactly. But those are, those are some, you know, some general guidelines. Good. Um, okay. Yeah. That, I think that that's very useful that tip because I feel sometimes the issue is not actually the reporting of the safety it's just the copy they're making claims that just by changing the claim your listing is back online and, uh, right. and sometimes it's not an issue in terms of documentation right mm-hmm. awesome so um, yeah i think I, the last thing i would like to start touching is is around um, the services that you offer at epsilon and i think i want to make emphasis on that because I feel you can, i mean you're gonna make the life so much easier for so many people listening to this and having issues so especially with compliance and all of that. So if you can just give us a bit of summary of how usually it works in terms of if you help us with the paperwork or you also do the testing, you also help with the appealing. So how usually it works in essence, the consulting you offer them. So, so we can do three things. We can work on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. Amazon suppressed your listing or pulled your listing and or or Walmart. It could be, I mean, any, any, any website, any uh, portal that does this, you know, that, ha- that, that has three PLs and pulls you. Um, I work with all of them. Um, and the, uh, and, and just fig- figuring out what the problem is and solving that problem, getting, getting it, getting it done properly. That's, that's one thing we can do. Um, we can, we can run your whole compliance department or safety compliance department. Compliance means other things within Amazon, but um, yes. As related to safety and quality, you know that your GMP is good if you're selling OTC or or, mm-hmm. or um, dietary supplements. That your testing is good if you're if you're uh, and labeling is good if you're selling a whole slew of consumer products. 
Um, we could just oversee that it's that it's done properly for the right country. Everything that needs to be tested is done, um, you know, and all all, all that. Um, we we could do it like that, or or if you need testing, of course we can do we can we can do the testing. Um, awesome. And and uh, registrations that includes registrations, inspections. Um, some people use the word inspection um, improperly. An inspection mm. is when they go to your factory and they look at everything and say, you know, the teddy bear's eyeballs are falling off. <laughs> uh, that's that may or may not be a safety issue, but you you still don't want it. Um, mm. you, maybe not breaking a regulation, but you still don't want that happening. A testing is when they tell you you meet your safety requirements. Um, that's and it's sent to a factory. But we we can do all those things and and register EPR registration CEC which is a California registra a registration for appliances. Uh, awesome. No, we 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 can do all those things also. Um, Very nice. Yeah, it's basically a one stop solution to com a safety and quality a compliance issue, which is amazing. Very nice. Very nice. Great. So how how can people find you? I mean, feel free to share how people can reach out to you, or your website, anything that you want like to share with the audience today? So I'm on LinkedIn and there, um, one of the things about having a unusual name is um, <laughs> you can always find me on LinkedIn. I've found people with names I've never heard of before. And then I go, I look them up on LinkedIn and there's like 40 of them. And I was like, I which know. one's you? And there's only one David Ezra, as long as you know how to spell my name, um, yes. spelled right here. Um, so um, you can always find me on LinkedIn and DM me. Over there, there's also contact info, a phone number, an email address, or or you can um, you can just email me at david at epsilonsafety.com. Yeah. Um, I'd give my number, but it's probably too too much to. Uh, yeah, that's fine. We we can put all the the information you just say until now in the description, so people can find it and yeah. get the conversation going, which is great. Yeah. Awesome, David. So yeah, thank you very much for all the. The guidance around this subject that really is such a ample like subject that we can make like so many episodes but i wanted to keep it short and to the point to yeah. provide some value and some people yeah can learn more about you so thank you very much and looking forward to having the next one okay thank you very much it's a pleasure bye bye thanks for listening to the e-commerce lab by ecomc be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode while you are at it we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.